0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Ninth State Sports Show. Uh, with you, as always, always, I am your host, uh, Joe Marcellina. And joining me again, Dairy field Boys Lacrosse Head Coach Chris Hettler. Uh, Coach, thanks again for joining me down here at uh, Riverside Barbecue in Nashua.
1: Joe, we made it. Regular season complete. Ready for the playoffs. Excited. You ready know,
0: we, we fly through the spring season. Uh, it's a whirlwind, what, seven weeks, I think. And then here we are right now, playoffs, uh, start tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, and in two weeks we're all gonna we're gonna be done. It'll be all over. We'll be wrapping this up.
1: Yeah, it's been crazy with the weather we've had this season. I mean, at minimum everybody's played fourteen games. A lot of teams have played 17, 18 games. So you think about that over a six, seven week schedule. That's that's a lot of games that get in real quick. And in some uh, cases,
0: you didn't play the first two right, or two week or two. Right. Yeah, you know, teams yeah. without
1: turf have been jamming games in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I think about my buddy Sean Houlihan out at St. Thomas. They had like five games in six days, or something crazy like that, where you know it just took a toll on a lot of teams. So, but yeah, everybody's made it through, and now it's now it's time for playoffs.
0: Yeah, we uh, get underway, of course, uh, on Wednesday with just the uh, one uh, couple games uh, on the boys' side with the Division Two uh, prelims. Of course, twelve teams getting in to the postseason in Division Two, uh, eight both in one and three. So they'll get started. Uh, Division three starts on Friday. Uh, division 1 on Saturday uh, with quarterfinals along with the, the Division 2 quarterfinals. Uh, so looking at, um, you know, we're going to start with those Saturday games, though, in Division 1. Uh, take a quick look at the four games that, that are coming up. Kind of, uh, I don't want to say no surprise because, I mean, but it kind of isn't because we knew a couple weeks ago, you know, who those eight teams in the division were going to be in the playoffs. You look at, you got Pinkerton and BG 1-2. London uh, Londonderry came in at 3, Bedford won a few games down the stretch there to get up to 4th, Concord 5th, uh, Exeter 6th, s- Hanover 7th, and Sauhegan kind of had some injuries at the end, stumbled to that 8th seed, um, you know, and that's those are the 8 teams that are going to be going at it on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to start with the, with the Concord-Bedford game. I mean, that game, that game really interests me. Um, you know, they, it was early in the season, but, you know, they played to a 7-6 game early in the season. Um, I know Bedford was missing guys at the time. They were a little shorthanded, still building chemistry at the time. But, uh, you know, if, if I'm conquered heading into that game, I, I'm feeling like we can compete with these. Not only can we compete with these guys, but we get a shot to win it. We've got a great goalie with Ethan, Ethan Donlin, and Nett. Um, you know, the defense has been playing strong all season, and at times that offense has been explosive. Um, you know, but then on the flip side of that, you got Bedford that's got to be feeling pretty good too. You know, they, they've built that chemistry. Uh, they've proven with that with that tight game over over uh, Pinkerton that they're that with with Pinkerton that they they can play with anybody. Um, you know what they're they're coming off a, a what triple overtime game. The was it uh, they, four, they, overtime, four overtime four overtimes overtime against South right? yeah. 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 And then they yeah.
0: they finished up with a, a win over Merrimack last week too. S-
1: so uh, both teams battle tested this season. Um, you know I, I think that game has potential to be really close. And
0: for for Bedford, I mean that overtime game I think was their fourth. Fourth or fifth of the season, they went to overtime with Londonderry and Saint John's, uh, that I can remember off the top of my head, and and Exeter had a three overtime game with Exeter that they, they came up short in. So you know, it's, so they're kind of a, a a bunch. I mean, you you talked about Concord defensively, but I think Bedford, um, that's really been their their trademark all year. I mean, because, and they've needed it because they they don't score a ton of goals. They got guys that can score goals, but they don't score a ton of them. Uh, but I think defensively, I mean. They may be. You don't see it as much in the numbers because the offense doesn't hang on to the ball as much as Pinkerton or maybe BG does. But they may be the the best defensive team in the division.
1: Yeah, I mean when you're when you're anchored with Cormac McCarthy and you've got Sean Tierney and Nett, you you it's they, they've proven that they're going to be a tough team to score on. But that's what I mean. You've got two teams that are hanging their hats on defense, and you know both teams capable in the faceoff circle. I think it's going to be a grinded out possession type of game. Where you know it could be an eight seven six five like it could be it right, could be a really tight yeah. game watch and then of course they'll <laughs> blow it up someone It'll will be, blow it up and <laughs> uh, but someone no, will go win I, eleven I just, two or something yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah no I would be shocked if that happened I think this is going to be a really really good game uh, two great coaches and Jeff Smith and Matt Girard going at it you know they'll, I'm sure they're both looking at tape and making adjustments from that first game um, and I'm sure Jeff knows that that Bedford was missing kids at the time so and I'm I'm sure he's he's done his research and. We'll have a good game plan going into that. So that game interests me, and then uh, the other game that that'll be that has potential to be really good is uh, Exeter and Londonderry, the three the three six game. Um, you know, two teams. I think Londonderry's kind of been a sleeper. We at times we haven't talked a lot about them on the on the podcast here, um, but they um, you know they've got an explosive offense at times. They've put up big numbers. Um, you know, their defense runs hot and cold a little bit. Sometimes Sometimes they've, they've given up some strange right. scores. But at yep. the same time, they, they've shown that they, they can they can hang with just about anybody there. You um, know, they, they had a
0: couple games. is the couple times I saw them this year. You know, they had that season opener against South where they're down. They dominated possession in the first half of that game and were down 2-1 two, uh, two at halftime. Uh, and then it was, I, th- I believe, 6-6 six, six going into the fourth. And they just they just blew the doors off of south, you know, first game of the season. And then the last game of the season, last week against Hanover, uh, you know, I get, there, I get there a little bit late because, you know, I, always, I never give myself enough time to go out on, on Route 102 out to Londonderry or Derry. Uh, so I pull into the parking lot, and it's already 3-1 to one Hanover. And I'm like, what is going on? Uh, it was 5-2, five, five and then Londonderry scored with three-tenths of a second left at, at before the end of the half. Uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it's six, three, um, midway through the, the third and all of a sudden, you know, they, they don't give up the ball, you know, Tyler Grant starts winning every, I think he won all 10 faceoffs in the second half. You know, they took somewhere almost close to 30 shots in that half. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and then they win 11, six. And
1: that's the big advantage they're going to have in the Exeter game is I, I think they're going to have a clear advantage in the faceoff circle and they're going to get a lot of possessions. But you know, if, if I'm if i'm vegas right now and i'm looking at this game a lot of a lot of londonderry's wins have come the big wins have come on the road and their tighter games have come at home which is usually the exact opposite of a lot of teams most teams feel more comfortable at home and for whatever reason you know windham this year hanover at the end of the season they struggled with um so you know, it, it's a little strange that they're going to have the home game, but you're feeling a little uneasy about the way they've played at home this year. They've had some big wins on the road and, and played well on the road. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they can turn it on and get that, get the good good vibes flowing at home. Not any of that,
0: do you think? Uh, Londonderry's field, of course, grass, kind of a sloppy track, especially like in a yep. game game last yep. Thursday when it's wet. Um, you know, and, and you look at it's some of the road possible. games, that yeah. South, uh, Exeter, Portsmouth, Bedford – uh, north, so they're playing on turf.
1: But with that being said, they, one of their biggest games of the year was up at Concord, and Concord by no means has a great has a great field up there. Jeff Smith will tell you that, and uh, you know, so they're a little bit of a strange, a little bit of a strange team. But I, I do think uh, they have the advantage in this game. Their offense is, is very very good, and like you said, they're gonna they're gonna control for the most part should control the faceoff circle. So so Exeter, it'll be. It'll be, but it plays right. Exeter's Exeter strength is their defense with Finnerty and Orafić down low, and then and Vote in net. Even though he's a freshman, has been playing really well. If they can make some stops and they clear the ball well, they'll they'll have a chance in that game. Um, Penna's going to have to do a lot. I mean, th- there's no doubt about it that Londonderry knows that that Penna is one of their best guys and, and probably going to be the main main guy that the offense flows through. Um, but I think he can he can take that on his back and and um, Exeter will have a shot.
0: You know, and then you look at uh, third time these teams are actually meeting, which is a little unusual, uh, especially in Division One. You know, uh, Londonderry won the first time at Exeter, 9-8. They come back about a, three weeks later, play in Londonderry. It's a 13-9 game for Londonderry. Uh, you know, I not think there's anything to that where it's, you know, third time you're playing them, you played two close games. You know, anything can kind of happen.
1: It is, you know, they're saying it is tough to beat a team three times three times in a row. Um, just from adjustments and things you know I, I, think, um, I, I think on paper Londonderry does have more talent, but with that being said, um, you know with those close scores, Exeter will not feel like we're going to this game and don't have a shot. like I'm sure in both of those games, you know clearly in the first game there was an opportunity to, there was an opportunity to win there. so no I, I don't think Exeter is going to be scared coming, in, coming into the Lancer Stadium there.
0: And, you know, of course, the other two uh, quarterfinals, Sauhegan at Pinkerton, Hanover at Bishop Gurdon, all respect to Hanover and, and Sauhegan; They had great years getting into the playoffs. Um, but I get a pretty, pretty positive feeling that their seasons are going to come to an end Saturday. So we look at, you know, looking then at semifinals uh, coming up next Tuesday, a week from today as we're recording this, June 6th. Um, It kind of lines up in the sense that if the top seeds hold on, those are the kind of matchups that, you know, London, uh, Londonderry and BG on one side, Bedford-Pinkerton on the other side, if it ends up that way, uh, you know, those might be the better matchups.
1: And and I think that's a – from a standpoint of Pinkerton and BG, I actually kind of like that because those are two matchups that during the season – gave their kids the most trouble right you've got Pinkerton who played who arguably could have lost to Bedford during the yeah, regular season yeah. so clearly those kids won't be overlooking that game if you get Bedford again your your kids are going to be fired up they want to prove that you know that game was a fluke and you know we just didn't we maybe we overlooked Bedford the first time so you know if you're coach O'Reilly I, I think you like that matchup because your kids won't be looking past that game and towards a potential matchup with Bishop Girton and on the flip side of that you know, Coach Cameron's got to be thinking the same way. You know, we, we had a tough game with Lendendary. Maybe we were up big and, you know, yeah, we subbed in some kids, but Lendendary battled to the end. They didn't back right, down. Yeah. So it's the same, same kind of thing where, you know, I, I think it's good for both teams that, good for, <laughs> good in the respect of the, for, the, for the, BG you and don't, yeah, that their kids yeah. won't, most likely will not they, be overlooking right. these games and thinking, okay, we're, we're coasting into the championship game. Um, so if I'm if I'm BG and Pinkerton, I'm I'm excited about those potential semifinal matches. Yeah, that
0: that BG Londonderry game was uh, thirteen to two, I believe, going into the fourth quarter, and and, and uh, Londonderry outscored them eight nothing or eight. Maybe it was twelve to two. Um, lost 13-11, Which I mean, y- like you said, they started. You know, maybe BG started bringing in some kids a little too early, but uh, you know, I I can't imagine that they that that. Uh, you know, they look back at that one and think that, oh, you know, we don't have anything to worry about if we end up seeing those mm-hmm. guys again.
1: Absolutely. You know, and, and in those in those quarterfinal matchups, you know, I want to give um, a shout-out to, to Ryan Gardner, the head coach up at Hanover. His kids have played really well all season. I'm not sure that a lot of people were expecting them to be as good and competitive as they were this season. Um, he's done a nice job of, of building the program up there and getting the youth program back going again. His kids play physical. They play tough. And, and they've given a lot of teams really good battles this year. So they're not just going to lay down against against BG. They'll go in there and they'll play tough against them. Um, you know, and, and over at sauhegan you know, you've got two kids, the Burnley brothers, who are going to be graduating. Um, you know, I'm sure they want to go out playing their best too. So I would expect that, you know, even though sauhegan has sort of fallen in the last couple of weeks, I, I would expect them to, to give everything they got against, against Pinkerton, and it won't necessarily be – you know easy right from the opening whistle for Pinkerton to break that thing open.
0: And you mentioned those two guys but but outside of that I mean they have a couple other uh, I think upperclassmen but for the most part they're a, a relatively young team in many other spots a lot of those kids are going to be back next year so they right. I think they're they, they probably gained the, a lot of experience you know exactly. to to go from being I think they were what 8 and 2 at one point uh, you know and finishing 8 and 7 they're going to they're going to take I think a lot of that uh, into the off season, or I would expect them to. And you know what they? Um, his name again? Names escaping me here. But their their backup goalie um, that I saw uh, play a lot against Londonderry a few weeks ago um, looks very good. And he, he's
1: uh they're going to be they're going to be well stocked. They're right? going to be well stocked yeah. for the future. Um, lo- loans is who you're who That's you're referring thank to. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And um, you know he he's a New Hampshire Tomahawk too, and and has played with that 2019 team for a while, and um, he. phenomenal athlete uh is a very good skier in the in the in the winter and um you know is now just committing to playing goalie full-time uh had some dreams of playing attack for a little while but I think they squashed that and uh you know he's he's back in the cage full-time and you know John Lones is going to be a very good goalie and and a name to watch in the future here a skier and a goalie sounds like he's uh, (laughs) right right your kind of kid he is Uh, he
0: is uh all right so let's uh you know Let's let take a look at Division Two. Uh, of course, like we said earlier, uh, a little bit different setup with um, you know number more teams in Division Two this year. Greater number of playoff teams. You got twelve teams getting in. Four I teams should know this by. off the top of my
1: head. I think there's 22 teams in D two. I think That's right. I think yeah, that, sounds that sounds right. right. Uh, so we do. We take 12 teams in. Um, you know, in some very interesting uh, play in games um you know i think one that traditionally you wouldn't think an eight nine game what do you 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 know but winnecunit and keen are two teams that have given a lot of teams trouble this year Uh, winnecunit gave us one of our hardest games all year keen played us very you wouldn't looking at this final score that we put up you wouldn't know it but they they played us very tough during the regular season both teams have some very talented players that you know maybe they're missing one or two guys here, and so their records don't necessarily reflect it. But those are two teams that you know both have face-off guys, uh, very good attack, very good attackmen, goalies that are good. So the winner of that game is going to get Dover, and that's not necessarily an easy quarterfinal game. Um, so I, I'm I'm very interested in that one. Keen's another one that we're talking about. You know, road versus away. They've played very well at home have struggled a little bit on the road and they get a home game and they so get a, they
0: get a team that's going to be traveling about two mm-hmm. hours on a bus mm-hmm. on a school day
1: i think most team i think most most coaches around the state are thinking that win going to win that game but it would not it would not shock me at all if Keene, you know held serve and won their home game there um i think they're a very underrated team and not a lot you know being out in Keene, you don't hear a lot about them but they've they've got a lot of underclassmen that are going to be returning too so regardless of the outcome of that game they're going to be a team to watch next year
0: so that game that's the eight nine game keenan winning con the winner of that one moves on to play top seeded dover and you got uh, number five merrimack valley hosting number 12 bow the winner of that one moving on to take on number four portsmouth and, and
1: you know that was another you know again a 12 seed going against a five seed you're thinking well the, the five seed's clearly going to win that and and i would tend to agree with that merrimack's playing you know they, they seem to be playing well right now but that um that was a nine six game during yeah, the regular it a, season yeah. it was not a blowout by any means you know uh Bo has chris chamberlain and net uh jared reynolds down on attack they've got some guys they've got some pieces and um you know I, I do believe that Merrimack Valley is the favorite in that game and they, they should come out on top, but I think it's gonna be closer than what people people expect.
0: And then we have uh number ten Saint Thomas coming out to play number Timberlaine. seven Timberlane yep. with the winner of that game getting Derryfield, number two yep. Dairyfield, so which uh, will be keeping a close yeah, eye. Yeah, keep on an that eye game. on that one. Could potentially um, be getting Saint Thomas for the uh third year in a row quarter final quarterfinal
1: but um, um I would, I'm definitely not overlooking Timberland. I mean, two great coaches in, in Ken Blaska and Sean uh, in, in Houlihan there matching wits with each other. I know they've been really excited about that that matchup, you know, talking to them over the weekend. They're they're just looking forward to a great game. I mean, they played each other, what was it, a 9-8? Game early in the yeah. So 9-8 Actually, in the regular eight, season. A
0: 8/9? 9-8 game that St. Thomas won right. at, uh, at home uh, on the 16th, but then you look at what happened – after that to St. Thomas and you mentioned that they played a lot of games down the stretch there uh you know their last 6 games they go 1 and 5 with close losses to Hollis Brookline Merrimack Valley uh Dover Wyndham. uh you know so they really uh, they really took a beating there down the
1: stretch yeah yep so St. Thomas you know even though they're a 10 seed they're probably the most dangerous 10 seed that that you know, anyone wants to see in a tournament, you know, again, we talked about that 8-9 that game being a potential trap game for Dover. I mean, regardless of who we get in, in Timberland and St. Thomas, I mean, you, you can't overlook that. I, th- I think once you get, you know, we've said it before, once you get to that quarterfinal rounds in D2, it, it gets really difficult. It gets dicey. Well,
0: you, you mentioned that, you know, potential trap game for, you know, some of the higher seeds, and then I think this last one is an interesting one, number, uh, number 11 Kingswood at number 6 Wyndham where you've got Kingswood that uh, has really been on a bit of a tear to end the season here. I know maybe not against some of the tougher teams in the division, but wins are still wins. Uh, You know, they played, um, you know, lost lost by six to Portsmouth to end the season. Um, Then you've got Wyndham that, you know, is the sixth seed, 12 wins this year, but um, went through a stretch there kind of in the middle of the season where you just kind of Shook your head and wondered, you know, what was going on with them. They just were, were kind Seem, of all over to the have righted place. Righted the
1: ship towards the end here, you know, rattled off four straight wins at the ends, uh, you know, got got the wins they needed to get. But um, you know, I actually, I think out of out of the four play-in ga- in quotes play-in games there, I actually think this is this is probably the one that has the potential to be possibly a blowout game right. I, I don't think Windham is going to overlook these guys by any you know especially after what happened last year um different season you know last year with Owen Gagne and Madison uh Tetralt you know at Kingswood that was a sneaky team that kind of um they did they snuck up on Windham they played a great zone that game and and Owen Gagne was arguably one of the best players in in our division last year but was injured for a lot so people kind of overlooked that a little bit and um, you know, taking nothing away from Kingswood and what they've done this year, they do have a very good face-off guy. Their goalie play has been been very solid, and their defense is good. But I just I think Wyndham has enough to overpower them, and I, I could see this game potentially getting away from Kingswood if it if uh, if Wyndham has the right mindset in that game.
0: Yeah, another team that that seems to of of the the six losses I think there for Wyndham looks like th- half and half. Three of them came at home. Um, but, you know, a couple of them uh, to Timberland. Of course, yours was on the, r- uh, against Field was on the row or, or at a neutral site, you should say. Site, yep. um, and of course, then the winner of that game uh, moves on to get uh, the three seed Hollis Brookline, which uh, I think ended the season on something like an 11 game winning streak or, or 12 game winning streak, somewhere in there. Just
1: finding ways to grind out close games. Um, you know, uh, Coach Rich McDonough's done a great job with his defense up there. His goalie play in, in Garrett Maloney has been fantastic. Um, you know, so they, they are that that would be if, if Windham and Hollis play each other, that that'll be a great, great quarterfinal matchup. Yeah, um, another
0: matchup of, of two teams that played each other twice already this season. Uh Hollis won nine five uh early in the year and then took another one nine seven win at home. Tough uh, to beat a team, in the three year. Times. yeah. Yeah. And you look too, uh, you know, we talked about um you know the condensed season and you know depending on the conditions of your field how many games you were really playing um Hollis played what its first seven games and and eight of nine on the road yeah. uh to start this year and then the rest at home uh you know look if at it,
1: look at that stretch there they played four games in a row Merrimack Valley Wyndham St. Thomas Pembroke all, all in four days, and just makes it even more impressive that they were able to find a way oh, yeah. in those games. And you look
0: back at that too, when they played the week before, they played four more
1: in a row there. Yeah, I so just uh, ha- hats off to them and just the resiliency. If there was any team kids. that
0: needed that buy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or maybe not, you know, maybe not. Maybe it, maybe, maybe they, they were weren't looking at now, it, you know, yeah, but.
1: um yeah, no. Hats off to them and and the, and the job they did of getting that done in that condensed period.
0: You know, and and like we were talking about in Division One, kind of take a peek at what potentially could be those semifinals. Uh, you know, if all holds, seeds hold out. You know, we're looking at uh, that that next Wednesday, uh, June seventh, over at Stellos. Uh, you know, you you potentially got Dover, uh, Portsmouth, and Derryfield, Hollis, Brookline. Um, you know certainly teams that are no strangers to each other you know like and maybe
1: if, if we were able if if that makes it through and regardless of whether Hollis or Wyndham made it through you know you'd have sort of it almost be like a seacoast final and a southern tier final right yeah you know that it's yeah. basically the way it's set up or an or an old school division three final <laughs> <Yeah>. versus <laughs> so an old, old school yeah, division two D2 yeah. final right and uh you know the winner moves on almost like the state tournament we've been talking about yeah right? that would you just be great open it up and yeah. uh you know, so it, uh, that would be kind of neat if that happened.
0: You know, with all this downtime in between, you'd think that there there could be some way to figure it. Maybe have the division tourn- you know, division be this week. Uh, let's play Wednesday, Thursday, or no Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and then next week have a the state tournament. The state you tournament, know, yeah. Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday again, or Thursday. Excuse me. Um, you know, we can dream, I guess. That's that's.
1: There's yeah. a model out there somewhere. We got we got to find it. I know. I know. You know. Growing up in upstate New York, we had the we had the sections and, and regions, and uh, you know, you went on to your state tournament from there. And just you know, a couple of my friends are now coaching at the high schools there and seeing the pride that they've taken, just winning their section. Right. That's like, that's like their right. state title. Yeah. And yeah. Then of course, they get to move on into the state tournament from that. But um, you know, they, they, I don't. I don't. If we went to a model like that, I don't think it would take anything away from. From having a great season and the accomplishments, your, your goals are just a little bit different. Your well,
0: own. I would say it hasn't taken anything away from from football, but then again, there's some people that would argue, you know, against that, um, you know, that it has. I don't know how they could argue that, but that's that's my opinion. But yeah. Uh, so let's move on now to uh, Division Three. Uh, like we said, these are again the top eight teams. Uh, quarterfinals will be played on Friday, uh, home of the higher seed. And, you know, going in, uh, through, and um, I know this year, like we're saying, there are eight teams here and eight teams in Division One. Part of that, not just because of the number of, you know, cut down on the number of teams in the divisions with people moving around this year. You look on the girls' side, it's eight teams across the board too. Uh, those of you that are, you know, following softball, following baseball, you know, there's only 12 teams in each division in baseball um part of an effort by the NHIA this year to uh what they they called a uh 70% rule where no more than 70% of the teams in the division make the playoffs kind of cut down on those 16 seeds that go 2 and travel. 18 well, and, and then, then have to travel, have to travel yeah to, yeah yep. Yep. um you know for a game that they're going to lose like their example was in basketball by 40 points or right. you know um Kind happens of in soccer sometimes, Yeah, you it know, happens well in soccer a lot. It happens uh, pretty much in, in, in every sport, with the exception, I know people are probably yelling right now, look at baseball last year where you had 15th seeded BG in the Division One final and two, uh, I think, 16 and 18 seeds in, in Division Three. Baseball get is
1: so dependent on the pitcher. That I, I understand why you open things. up. And even, I, I would even argue that soccer, you know, depending, so many of those games are decided by one or two goals. Right. That it's that y- it does make sense to take more teams. I think in a sport like football and lacrosse and basketball, where there is some separate, like you can look it on paper, and there is some separate, and things usually hold more true to form there, um, That it that it makes sense to take less teams.
0: Um, the reason I bring that up, Is that looking across the board at these the four sports, you know, girls, girls and boys lacrosse, softball, and baseball, of all those playoff teams, Division three boys lacrosse, if I'm remembering this correctly, is the one sport where a team with a winning record actually didn't get into the postseason. If you look at, you know, I think that was the fear of or, or worry of some of these coaches and players and athletic directors and whatever, if they had a worry about this new rule was that it would leave out some teams that were worthy of getting into the postseason I don't think that was the case but right here you've got Pelham finishing eight and six this year and in a tie for the last two spots in division three but losing out on tiebreakers to Trinity and Bishop Brady and finishing outside of the playoffs after making the final the last two years.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I but inevitably, I, you know, okay, we go to Division Two, and you, you've got Goffstown and and, you, and and John Stark, who who had good years too, that that just missed out on it, you know, and so I, somewhere along the line, somebody somebody's gonna miss out, you know, in 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 the unbalanced schedule, right? You can make an argument. Well, that's that another that's another and, argument in D one or D two that some of these teams, you know, they weren't seated properly or they got left out because they played a harder schedule than someone else, so. It's not perfect until until we find a way for everybody to play everybody once. Th- there's no way that the seedings or you know the records are going to truly reflect how talented your team is. That's why we get upsets in Division Two because you get a 10 seed in Saint Thomas who's played a really really hard schedule ends up in the ten seed. You get Winneconnet and Keene who arguably could be could be higher you know playing right. eight nine yeah. games you know so. Ultimately I've just come to come to accept the fact that you know what you got to beat who's in front of you And if you don't then you're not good. You're not good <laughs> enough to win a state championship, so yeah, you know,
0: and you you mentioned balan- You know work figuring out a way to, to to balance the schedules, which is something that I think Should be looked at should be considered a little bit more um, But then you also come down to the point rating system. That's kind of you know It doesn't take into the fact the way it's set up now It doesn't take into the fact the quality of your opponent uh, and that goes in state or out of state. So if you were to, if there was some system, I know they tried that the heel point system a few years ago from, oh it's been more than a few years now, um, for some of the divisions, um, you know, wait so you end up with teams that are, you know, maybe has, you know, a team that has less wins a little bit higher than a team that has more wins, but it played a tougher schedule. You know, maybe something like that needs to be looked at again. I, but,
1: there, there would have to be more involvement. The NHIA would have to allow uh, coaches more involvement with their schedule. Right now, the way it is, the NHIA gives you a schedule, right? So, if you were to go to a system like a healed system, right, and quality of wins were to be evaluated, well, I would feel, I would feel as a coach, a little bit um, like I didn't have any any say in it because I don't, you know, I may know who the best teams are going to be based on, you know looking at past rosters and things like that. But if the NHA doesn't allow me to set my own schedule and they give me a schedule where I play two of the bottom teams in our division twice, well, that's going to hurt. You know, that that's not fair. That, no, that you then know, hurts so you, yeah. There would need to be a lot more communication between coaches and ADs if, if that was going to happen um, and a lot more like – you know building the schedule that way it'd be a lot more like college football then right then you don't get penal- you could you could schedule great teams right and, and don't and, and you don't get penalties for yeah. it yeah you don't get as much yeah
0: Well, now that, now that we got that out of the way <laughs> 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 um take a look at division three here uh you know as we said trinity and bishop brady in as the seventh and eight speed eight seeds respectively uh brady going on the road to take on uh top seeded undefeated Hopkinton on friday uh, and then Trinity going uh, to play number two, Kearsarge. Uh, and then you got Laconia, the defending champs, coming in at, at number six, playing at number three, Manadnock, and then number five, Conval, going way up north to play number four, Plymouth. Uh, again, all those games on Fridays. There's se- this, uh, this Friday, There's semifinals coming up uh, next
1: Wednesday, the 7th, at Laconia. Uh, I don't know what kind of... Kind of the the, game, that jump, the that. game that jumps out to me is Conval and Plymouth, two teams that, are, that have been very competitive, have hard, had hard schedules throughout the season. That game, I think, has the potential to be the, uh, the closest game out, out of all of those there. Um, Laconia, the defending champs, going to Monadnock. it would not shock me if, if somehow Laconia found a way to win that game. Drew Muzzy on defense, he's going to get his guys ready to play. They, you know, They've got a championship pedigree coming off that win last year um so i I think if you're looking for an upset in the first round i'd I'd look to laconia possibly at Monadnock, and then i think the closest game out of those is going to be going to be conval and plymouth clearly hopkinson all season has shown that they, they are the team to beat um you know i i think ultimately we'd love to see a third matchup between Hopkinton and kearsarge i think that'd be a phenomenal game um you know i'd love to know what the what the the difference was between the first and the second time they played each other when it became right, a one-goal yeah, game yeah. that second time around. You know, was, was Hopkinton missing anyone? Did Kearsarge go into a zone? Was the first time a fluke? Did the Kearsarge get – were they missing someone? Did they not just yeah. – you know, did they not play well? Um, but, you know, I think that's the matchup that everyone wants to see in the finals is, with the exception of the other six teams. <laughs> but uh, from a fan standpoint, I, I think Hopkinton and Kearsarge would be a great game in the in the finals there.
0: You know, kind of an interesting way that the seeding kind of shook out at the end of last week because you go into the the last day of the season and Conval and Bishop Brady were both sitting at uh, 8-5 and playing each other Friday night. Um, You know, and at that point, the winner of that game was going to get the 5 seed while the loser of that game, depending on who it was, was either going to drop down to 8 or completely out of the playoffs in Conval's case because they would have ended up losing the tiebreakers with Trinity and Pelham. And and would have missed the playoffs, and Pelham would have been in. So huge, huge win for Conval there because it not only does it save their season and potentially, uh, you know, keep them from being an eight seed having to go to play. Hopkinton, they're now like as you said in a, 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 ch- a quarterfinal game. game. Yeah, yeah, very winnable game, and and a tough break for Brady who falls,
1: you know, all the way down to to the eight seed. And Brady had arguably been one of the hotter teams at the end of the season. Had some great wins at the end of the season. Was playing well. Um, but yeah, having having to go play at Hopkinton is a tough uh, tough situation. Yeah, they ju- they
0: just played a couple of weeks ago, and Hopkinton won uh, thirteen to one, so it's a it is a tough draw for them. Uh, but you never know. You I mean, mean, it it is crazier things have happened. Although that's that would be one of the
1: craziest, I would think. I think I think Hopkinton has a very clear road to the finals. Um, you know the The only thing I would say is that Plymouth did play them to to a 10 eight game early uh oh no, I'm sorry that was Bishop Brady um, they did not play uh, they did not play Plymouth, played Conval uh, and won twelve four so yeah, I mean you know the Hopkinson clearly looks like they're the team to beat. I mean their defense on the season. Gave the most goals they've given up was at Manadnock at 8, but that was probably a bench-clearing game. They scored 21 and goals was, in that game, so who knows? It was a month and a half ago. Yeah, exactly. So most likely a lot of those goals were given up uh, with, with the bench being cleared in that game.
0: You know, the, the one that stands out is, as you said, that second Kearsarge game. The that first time around, game, yeah. they beat him 14-6, and then, you know, only by one the next time around. And not just by one, but, you know, scoring a season low in that um uh, you know kind of kind of opens your eyes and does make you wonder what what was different about that game if you and
1: look at their last six games all against all against teams that were either in the playoffs or very close to the playoffs they gave up five seven four one one and zero goals i mean that just tells me that their their defense is is uh where it needs to be at this point in the season well want to
0: say thanks again to uh, Coach Hedler for stopping in and, and uh, joining me for this conversation about w- uh, the boys' lacrosse playoffs uh, once again. Uh, at this time, well, next week, because of the uh, interesting schedule we've got coming up here, again with playoff games uh, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday this week, and then, of course, the semifinals Tuesday and Wednesday next week, uh, won't be talking to you again until the end of next week, uh, recording on Thursday, uh, and then this will be posted Friday before the championship games. So the next time uh, you get to listen to us, uh, all of this will have been figured out, and we'll be talking about uh, who's going to who's gonna win a title on, on June 10th. Sounds good, Joe. Thanks again for having me. Yeah, so uh, once again for Coach, this is Joe Marcellina. I want to thank you all for listening.